Praise God. Yes, yes, God is truly worthy. This is a great time, not just because it's Christmas, but it's because the day that the Lord has made. Amen. And we are going to rejoice and continually be glad in it. Amen. One thing that I would ask that you guys would do, um, I was looking at a news report, and it's reminded of something that Pastor had told us about one of the benefits of being in the kingdom. One of the things that God encourages us to do is to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, right now in the Middle East, they said that because of the persecution of ISIS, there's been a, a very strong disparity in the Christian community that lives in the Middle East. They're being driven out. There once was a community, they were talking about this one community was like millions of Christians that had been there for like centuries. And now it's dwindled down to about a, a couple of hundred thousand people. They're, they're, they, don't, they can't stay in that region. And I'm praying and believing that the boldness of God will arise in those people and they'll curse that lie of ISIS. That they'll stand up. And, 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 and I believe that God is going to do that. We know that in this coming year we're going to see the miraculous. We're going to be sign, see signs and wonders. And I'm believing in that area of the earth we're going to see the hand of God manifested like never before. So whenever you think about it, just be lifting up the, the Christians that live in the Middle East. They're our brothers and sisters, and we stand with them against the, the opposition of the enemy that's against them. They will arise in the power of God. Amen. Amen. So as Brother John said, one of the things we know around here is we don't come with a holiday message or a Christmas message for about the baby in the manger. We don't do that. <laughs> Thank God that our pastors taught us to teach the it is written truth of God's word and, and, and trusting and adherence to that word. And, but interesting enough, there are some things that we can glean from what is a, typically called the Christmas account. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you just look at me real quickly. Um, we're going to start with Hebrews chapter 11. Look at me real quickly. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start and starting at verse 2. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom that comes only from your spirit, Father God. And we open up ourselves to receive of you this night, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that your word speaks to your people. And, Father God, because of that, we are changed by that word. We will not leave the way we came, but we will leave eternally changed because of the seed of your word that is planted in our hearts this night. And we decree that it will produce an abundant harvest, not only during this time, but daily in our lives. People will see the kingdom of God manifested in our lives because of the word that we have hidden in our hearts, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So one thing, you can just plant there real quick. We'll get to that. But in the coming year, we're going to see, as I mentioned, a lot of the hand of God at work. Signs, miracles, and wonders manifested, not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of those on the outside who need to see the manifested hand of God in the earth. And God desires greatly for us to be the vessels that he flows through to show his goodness to the world. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about conceive it, receive it, and birth it. Conceive it, receive it, and birth it. You know, it's amazing that God chose not only nature, but just the whole human reproduction, the way we create. He let us see how it works. That A lot of times, if we don't realize it just takes one seed 
It just takes one seed to produce what God intends. And so we plant a seed of corn. You're not just going to get a little seed of corn back. You're going to get a harvest. God demonstrated all of that through nature to show how he operates. And the one thing that we have to realize is that he has given us every seed that we need in his word. And all we have to do is lay hold of those things. And once we've received it, we have the assurance of knowing it's going to produce. It's not it might produce. It's going to produce because that's the way he intended it. But there's something that sometimes can get in the way of that. And it's this thing right here. It's this thing. It's this thing. We have to we have to make sure to make that this matches what God has, has already decreed and declared in his word. It's very vital, saints, because in this time of season, there's so many things that are going to be left on the table for us to receive. But if we negate it with our words and what we don't say or what we do say, it's very, very vital that we understand that in order to receive the engrafted word, it starts with this thing right here, this mouth. In Luke chapter 18, verse 8, after Jesus gave the parable about prayer and the attitude of the widow, notice in that parable, if you look at that, and I encourage you to look at that chapter, Luke chapter 18, but he talks about the widow, and she was coming continually before this judge, coming continually. And he, in his unrighteousness self, said, well, since she's going to continually come, I'm going to go ahead and just give her what she wants. And Jesus said, now, if this dude in his unrighteous way of reteaching this lady to get what she wants, if he's willing to be like that, how much more of your father who is righteous, he's very righteous, if you're going to come to him and come to him the way he is ordained for you to come, will you not receive it? But then he asked the one question. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Will he find faith? Will he find people speaking what he has already promised? Will he find people who have allowed that word to become real in their hearts to the fact that they don't look at anything else or entertain any other agendas but know that what he has said is what I say? What he's promised is what I'm going to lay hold of. And that's what he's saying. And when I come again, when I come, I'm not that I'm seeing you with a big old house knowing that faith can produce that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Big old fat bank account, yes, that's byproducts of faith. The bottom line is he's saying, when I come, am I going to see you trusting me? Am I going to see my body trusting and believing that what I have said is a, it's a surety in their lives? And, in, and one of the things that we have to understand, once again, I'll go back to something that I continually am reminded by God's word is that nothing happens in him automatically. We have to appropriate the promises. There must be faith in action corresponding to an eternal promise from God's word. Let me say that again. There must be faith in action. Sounds familiar. Faith in action corresponding to an eternal promise from the word. Thus, the importance of knowing the promises and burying them deep inside of us. What does the word tell us? Out of the abundance of what? The heart the mouth speaks. So it's important for us to have the promises and what God has decreed and declared about us buried so deep inside us that we don't take any outside information. We don't take what the doctor's report says. We don't take what the bank account statement says. We are so 
full of what the word says, that that's the only opinion that comes out. In a statement that one, one thing that pastor used to say, and the first time I heard it, it was such a challenge, but it will mess up a religious-minded person. It will mess you up. Pastor Jim will say, and he still says it, God is not going to heal another person. God is not going to prosper another person. He's not. But the simple fact is, he's already done it. He's already done it. And with that in mind, there's no reason for me to ever think that God, like we've been saying all through our praise and worship, and we've been just decreeing that God's plan is good. He's, he doesn't have a side plan that's going to lead to your failure. He has a plan for good, and that's going to lead to you continually walking in his victory. But the thing is, we have to make that real in what we say about what we do each day that we walk on this earth. We have to appropriate that and make that word our word. Now, going back to Hebrews, let's read that. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. It says, for by it, faith, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which were visible. And this is, you know, when I looked at this passage of scripture, this was the very first passage of scripture that made me get a hold of how important faith is. Because in my mind, I'm like, okay, God, how did he create everything? He spoke it. He said, let there be, and it was. There was, no, <laughs> there was no competition with what God said. When he said it, it was done. And then he turned around and made us in his image. Now, if we're made in his image, guess what? The same way he frames his worlds Amen. is the same way we frame our world. Amen. Now, that could be a world of blessing, <laughs> a world of, of, of increase, a world of healing, or it could be a world word that defeats us. We defeat ourselves by not saying, it could be, we could frame our world either way. And that really, when I got a hold of that and saw that, it just made me realize the importance. God was giving us the blueprint from the very beginning of creation of how things are established. They're spoken. Every single day, they're spoken. It's not just a cliche when we say, have faith in God. It's not, just, it's not just a cliche. We're literally saying, have the kind of faith that God has. Has to have the God kind of faith. We know what kind of faith that is. It speaks those things that be not as though they were. That's, 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 that shouldn't be something that's cliche. That should be everyday living to us as believers. And I'm just encouraging you, you know these things, but I just want to encourage you and build you up in knowing this. And one thing that I would encourage you during this time, I had the opportunity to do this. Someone was going through trying to deal with some situations and just being led of the Spirit, I just shared something with them, just, just a little sentence or two, sent them a text, and they said, you do not know how right on time that was. Be, be open to that. Be open to that because during this time, People, you're going to come in contact with family while you're visiting with, with the, through, through Christmas and New Year's, or just people that you might run into in the store, and they're going to need that active word of faith that you have to bring alive a dead situation in their lives. 
So I would just encourage you to be open to do that. And you know what's so funny? That even in the midst of all of these, I'm boycotting the modern-day Christmas. <laughs> it's, just, it's, 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 like, it's like Sister Michelle said, we wait until that moment, and, and the stores don't care. They're getting, they're getting paid, you know what I'm saying? They really don't care. But we get so caught up in the commercialized elements of the season, and we forget what it's really all about. And it all started with a young woman who put her action in motion with, work, with a word that set forth the, the plan for redemption Amen. by what she did. Now, we're going to look at that. Look at Luke chapter 1, verses 18 and 20. Now, we're going to look at it from two different perspectives. Because there, there was, in, in Luke, we see the occasion that the, the, the angel Gabriel came and told about John. And we're going to look at that first through one of her, one of her relatives, Zacharias. Look at verse 18 of Luke chapter 1. It says, And Zacharias said to the angel, Now the angels told him, Your wife is going to have a son. Get ready. But look at Zacharias' attitude. How will I know this for certain? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not, you did not believe my words which will be, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Man of God stands up here and says, you know, Blah, blah. And you say, I wonder if that's true. Negated it. Negated it. But someone else says, I received that word. And they begin to walk out the blessing of it. But the see, it's the same word. <laughs> it's the same word. I make the decision of what kind of seed I'm going to be to allow that word to be planted. I can be that rocky, that jacked up soil that says, nah, I don't want that. Or I can be that fertile soil that says, word, come on in. <laughs> come on in and begin to germinate and produce. This is what this man did. But God in his grace and mercy, there's one thing about God. His will is going to get accomplished. <laughs> his will is going to... Now, the thing is, we can be a part of that will, or he can choose another option and go with someone else who's going to say, yes, Lord. And, but, but this guy, they sh his mouth got shut up. <laughs> Because he was not going to negate the plan of God. And I find it ironic. He shut the mouth. He shut the mouth of Zacharias because it was going to interfere with what God had already decreed was going to happen. And it's funny that at the birth of John, they're sitting here debating on what we're going to call him. And at that moment, <laughs> he had nine months <laughs> to learn the lesson. <laughs> he had nine months to get his, like, man, I shouldn't have did that. If I would have said and just gotten cooperation with what God said, I could be decreeing. But he finally, his name is going to be John. <laughs> he learned the lesson. But the attitude is what I want to look at. He didn't, he, he sat up here and said, how is this going to happen? Don't let, when, when the word of God comes forth, it's not the how that we need to be worried about. Because if God is saying it, if God has made the promise, how is not even in the equation. If God said it, it's a done deal. There's no debate. I don't have to worry about the how. All I have to do is line up with it and say, yes, Lord. Yes. So be it. I celebrate you for it. 
We did that for not for, for all those months where Pastor was in the hospital. We didn't need to we didn't need the doctor's information. We didn't need, we knew it was a done deal. And there's been so many situations in this body that we've seen God when we've celebrated God. And that's one thing I thank God for this body because we walk in such faith, and that's for us to show people on the outside as well as other people in the body of Christ that don't know. It's, so, it's sad to say there's so many people in the household of faith that are believers and they live jacked up lives because they haven't learned to order what comes out of their mouth. But thank God we have a shepherd. Thank God we have a body that that's something that we're continually encouraged to walk in. And that's something we have to continue. Now let's look at the other side of the coin. Luke chapter 1, go down to verse 26. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favorite one. Hallelujah. God says you're favorite. And you, you can bet some good things are about to happen. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering it. Now, she didn't have the attitude of Zacharias of how. She's just, I'm, I'm amazed. The Lord chose me. Wow. And so it goes on. He says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall name him, not Jesus, <laughs> Yeshua, as we know. Thank you, translators, for helping us mess up the word. But anyway, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she was called barren and is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary showed us how to receive from God. She boldly said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed because his job was done. <laughs> she received it. God conceived the seed, and all she had to do was say, Here am I. And it set in motion the plan of redemption. Now, something that big, if, 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 if her words aligning with what God said and her laying hold of it and, and allowing it to be something that she laid hold of and received, not, she didn't say, how in the world is God going, how is this going to happen? What? No, she just said, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel left. This is the blueprint, just like, once again, it mirrors creation. God saying, let there be. The angel said what God said, and once again, there was a receptive audience. The earth received the word of God and conformed itself to what God said. And here is a virgin conceiving her, conce receiving the seed of what God conceived, and later on, she gave birth to what God had decreed was going to happen. This should be the attitude with which we respond to the promises that God has given us from his word and through his ministry gifts to the body. It's not just enough the word. If the man of God stands up here and says something, I can sit here and puzzle with it and play with it all day long, but until I receive it as mine, 
not going to do me any good. But someone else could benefit from that same word and be blessed. I say, why not get on board and all of us be blessed? <laughs> because God is no respecter of persons. He's not just picking one out and I'm going to do this one for this one and this other. Oh, I don't know about them because they ain't have church attendance isn't up. No, it's not about that. It's about believing what God's word has already decreed about the situations that we present. We see another example of this. And, and what's amazing about this, this was somebody else out of the household of, of faith. This was somebody that was not of the, of the household of Israel. In, in Matthew chapter 8, we see the centurion. You know this very, very familiar passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. And I'm not going to read it all, but one thing the centurion said, he said, Lord, I'm not worthy. He understood that he was not worthy. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go and he goes another come and he comes until my slave do this and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled. And he said, this backsliding heathen who's not even of the household of Israel is getting this over my people who should know, who should know how I operate, who should know how faith operates. He gets it. And then Jesus goes on to say, he says, I say unto you from the east and west, I, he said that, I have not seen such great faith in anywhere in Israel. I say to you that many will come from the east and, east and west and recline at the table of Abraham, Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, and it shall be done as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. And that's, that's the, the reality of it is that with the promises of God that have been given, if we don't lay hold of them, it's no one's fault but our own. It's no one's fault. The, the judgment that came is really sad that the children of Israel had the, 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 the groom all that time and they rejected him because they had their own agenda. But Jesus said, I'm going to find some people. I will find a people who will believe. And this, it's the reality is that God wants us to walk in the fullness of what he has promised us. I want to refresh your memories. A few Sundays ago, something was shared. And I don't think it should be something that's taken lightly. I think that when the man of God stood here and he began to tell us how to lay hold of a word that comes from God, that should be something that we continually meditate upon because there are going to be opportunities for us to lay hold of stuff and we're going to have to walk it out now because one thing that robs believers from receiving from God is time well when is it going to happen God how is it going to happen is somebody going to come and put the money in my account do I I've been waiting God it's, I've been waiting but the reality is it doesn't matter about time. God, God doesn't dwell in the existence of time. He dwells in the existence of he spoke it. And it's up to us to receive it. But I want to refresh your minds, and I want you to encourage you. And I, you know what? This needs to be a mini book. You know, we have all these E.W. Kenyon and all. 
No, this needs to be a Lillard mini book. We need to put this out because this is a word that will bless many people. And, and as Brother Richard has shared a few months, uh, weeks ago when he sent out the email, a lot of people were preoccupied with so many things when Pastor was saying this, and I don't think people really laid hold of it. I really don't. Because I've been chewing on it, and I'm still like, Lord, this is where we need to walk it out to receive what you have for you. But I'm going to refresh your, your memories of a word that came about how to lay hold of a word from God. When a word comes, whether it's a word of exhortation, comfort, edification, whether it's a prophecy or revelation from God, this is the way we receive that word and lay hold of it. Number one, write it down. I'm so guilty of that. I don't do that like I should. We, and that's something we all need to get in the habit of when we hear from God. Write it down. This man of God tells us all the time, I keep tablets here. I keep tablets here. But, but you know, if, and if you can't write it down, record it. You know, we got all these recorders on our phones and stuff. Record it and then take it, write it down later on. But don't let that word be like out there in nebulous land and then because we didn't immediately appropriate it, it's just left dangling. And then we come back three months later and like, what did I say? What was, what was that word that Brother Larry gave? What was that? We, we miss out because we didn't lay hold of it at that moment. Write it down. Don't tell yourself I'll remember it. Number two, receive it as your word from God. Not, oh, that's just that, that pastor's word or, you know, that's somebody else's word. No, that's my word, and I receive it. At that moment, I receive it. And once again, going back to what we saw with Mary, going back to what we saw with the creation, laying hold of those things as, as Noah's already, already done, I'm receiving it right now. Number three, visit that word that you wrote down. Don't just leave it in a dusty part of your bookshelf. <laughs> visit that word. Read it out loud to yourself. Read it out. Decree it. That's all part of when we make these confessions on Wednesday night. It should be so real to us that we don't have to even be looking at the monitors, that out of our mouth we begin to decree what we've seen and what we've put in our hearts based on what is written. So when you see that word, when you revisit that word, read it out loud. Number four, meditate that word to the point of how the fruition of that word will affect your current life. You know, we always have talked about, you know, seeing yourself, putting yourself out there. If you, you know, you want that car that you believe in for, have you gone to test drive it? Have you sat in that house that you're dreaming about? Have you, have you had a vision of it? Because the enemy will lie to us and say, oh, that's not for you. I know that word came, but that's, that's not for you. That's just, that's too good to be true. But you, you negate that lie by putting yourself in the middle of seeing yourself in that place and rehearsing that continually. You're already speaking it out loud. Now see yourself in that place. Meditate it until it changes your world. This is all I see. Everything else is screaming. You know, when, and the amazing thing, even with God, when he created the world, here comes the enemy, darkness, tries to negate what the creation did, but God's word had been spoken. It couldn't hinder it. It couldn't stop it. So the same way, and even you look at Mary and Joseph going to, to, to conceive, all of these things start coming up, taxation and all these things. 
it's making the, the, the birth a different. See, the birth is sometimes going to be difficult, but you've got to remember that it's gonna, we're going to produce something because God's word has been spoken. Meditate on it until it changes your world. I can't see anything else but what this word has promised me. Number five, incorporate that world into your expectations. Incorporate that word into your expectations. Expect it. Look for it. Make a place for it. Make a place for it. If you believe in for a we've always been told if you're believing for another car clear out that space in your garage or driveway say no this is designed for this second vehicle make a place for that blessing make a place for it number six practice thankfulness we talked about this earlier practice thankfulness in the little things if you are thankful for the little things God can definitely bring the big things the word is once again a seed, and that seed must be watered with praise and thanksgiving with celebration. That's what we do. That's what we do when the word comes. We don't ponder or wonder how it's going to be. We don't want to be Zacharias. <laughs> we don't want to be Zacharias. We want to be and have the attitude of Mary, Lord, be it unto me according to your will, and I'm rejoicing and calling it done. The thing that you have decreed is going to be. And the most important one, number seven, don't give up on it. We know the old saying that we've heard. It's not just a saying, and once again, it's not cliche. If you don't quit, you win. I'm laughing at T.D. Jakes the other day. I'm just saying it. I'm, I'm laughing at T.D. They're putting all this nice little graphic up, and it said, you know, if you don't quit, you win. And I'm like, have they been looking at our website? <laughs> like, have they been, have they been, because... We've been, this is nothing new to us. This is something, this is what we live. You know, we, we've said it for, for the longest that F2X, faith is spoken here. And so we know if we don't quit, if we don't let go of the promises, there is no other alternative but to see them manifested. Amen. Believe and receive, doubt and do without. Celebrate truth over facts. And I'm going to encourage you, saints, there's going to be a lot of facts that try to rob you of your blessings in 2016. There's going to be a lot of situations that are going to try to lie to you to get you to turn loose of what you know God's word has already promised you. But stand, stand, don't let go of the promises that God has for you for 2016, for your family, for your ministry, for your business. You've got to appropriate that and not let go of it. This is something that the Lord spoke to me this afternoon, and I wrote it down. One thing that I like to do sometimes, and I'll preface it before I go into this, and the Lord just knows me. Sometimes when we get the chance to go visit my family, when I'm going to visit my mom, I like to go to Galveston, and I really like because they've made a lot of changes. I don't get to go down there. They made a lot of changes after the storm. But it's really nice to walk on that the area where they have the big boats docked. And you see, and the one thing that amazes me the most, that I, I mean, I love boats and I love the size of them, but the amazing thing that's always intrigued me about a boat is the anchor. Those anchors on some of those ships are huge. I mean, it, and it's like this thing is stopping this big old boat. And the anchor is no, you know, it's nowhere as big as the boat. 
But the anchor is stopping that ship from going anywhere. And so the Lord, I just heard them and I wrote it down. The Lord said, the anchor of faith must rest in the eternal sea of it is written. The anchor of faith must rest in the eternal sea of it is written. And there's one thing as you're, as you're in a sea and you see an ocean, there's different stops. There's different stops and that, that, that ship is on its way to those ports. And those ports are different, so it's going to dock. And what's at one port is not necessarily going to be at the other port. There are ports of blessings that as you, the ship, are navigating through the word and through what God has promised you, there's going to be different ways that you have to adjust yourself to receive the blessing that's at that port of blessing that he has for you. But the key thing is, is the anchor, is the anchor going to set down correctly or is if you know if the anchor isn't set right, that ship can get off course and not dock the way it's supposed to. So what I'm saying is, let this thing here that we have in our mouth align properly so that we can receive the blessings that are coming from the port that God is in store for us. There's things that he wants to deposit in us, saints, but if we're not aligned with it properly, and, and being properly aligned with that is it is written. Father, I thank you regardless of what the doctor's report says or regardless of how I even feel about myself. I know what your word has promised me and I receive it, I lay hold of it and I rejoice in you that it's done. The word says that we should let the word that comes out of our mouth and the meditation of our heart it should be acceptable in his sight. Because he has redeemed us. He has strengthened us. There's no reason for us to think that we have to do this in our own ability. Because he empowers us. There's so many opportunities that we have every day to speak life into people's lives. And to encourage people. Once again, it's not necessarily just for our benefit. The reason why we have to win. The reason why we have to be a blessing. Is so that those who are out on the outside looking in can see our example and they can rise up and put their trust in what we know is real. So I would encourage you during this time and season, lay hold of the promises like never before. Don't, don't negate them, don't put them on the side, but draw near. Once again, if you got to go back, I would encourage you, look on the, we got plenty of messages online. We've got, you know, tapes and, and CDs that have been given, and, and many of us have received personal words from God. Dig those things back up and start, if you have to, just start jotting every last one of them down. This is what God said. This is what God said. And buy yourself a notebook or whatever you got to do. God get some college rule notebook paper, put it together in a spiral and begin to write those down and then revisit them. Revisit them and begin to see what God has promised you manifested. Because saints, I'm telling you, this is our time and our season and we are rising and walking out the fullness of what God has promised us in 2016. I believe it. I believe it. Amen.
Father God, I thank you for your people. Father, I thank you that this night, Lord God, we are not going to leave your word on the shelf, Father God, but we are appropriating every promise that you have given us, Father. And those that we have forgive, those that we have forgotten and set aside, Father, I ask that you would just remind us by your spirit of those words and stir them up within us, Father God. And we decree, Father God, that 2016 will be a year of the miraculous and supernatural. We decree that your hand will be at work drawing people out of the darkness and into the kingdom of your dear son of light, Father. We rejoice this night, Lord God, that your people are blessed and the empowerment of your spirit causes them to walk out the fullness of who you've called us to be, sons of the most high God, demonstrating your goodness and your kingdom in this earth, Father. We rejoice and we celebrate you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, I trust that you were blessed. Um, I, would, I would ask that during this time of season also, we have a lot of our family that will be traveling. Just speak and decree, and I decree it right now, traveling blessings over them as they're traveling, as they're visiting, divine appointments of sharing God's goodness. Um, I appreciate every last one of you. I thank you. And we are continuing to celebrate God's goodness. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jim, did you have anything, sir? Amen. Well, stand with me. Amen. I call you the blessed of the Lord. You're empowered to declare the goodness of God in this land. The wicked one touches you not, but you succeed. And everything you set your hand to prospers. And you demonstrate the fullness of your God in every aspect of your life. And the people said, amen. Amen. Go with God. Amen.